Welcome to the Clemson Dubcast, sort of a special edition here on a Saturday in February. Subscribers to TigerIllustrated.com will recall that back in uh, around Christmas time, we presented the story of Cade Klubnik series of articles. They really dug deep into who Cade is as a, as a player, as a person, all that stuff. We're going to present a lot of the interviews we did from that here in this podcast. But if you want to read the actual articles themselves, go to TigerIllustrated.com. Subscribe. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning, way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people, and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse, and neglect car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864-990-4581 or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experience team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting, like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. Okay, this is going to be a bit of a mashup of interviews we did back in December. We're going to start with Cade Klubnick's mother, Kim Klubnick, followed by Brad Thomas, his pastor in Austin, Texas, and then... I guess the main event, Cade Klubnik himself. All right, here we go. Enjoy. Cade, on some of the schools that that Cade might be interested in, interested in. At that point, Clemson wasn't really in the picture, even though it sounds like Cade has been interested in them for a long time. Um, yes. Is that right? And can you just maybe? I just want to sort of explore more, just how. how first of all. What interested Cade way back when he was, I guess, I think Davos said 12 years old? Uh, yeah, about... it, was in, it was in 2016 after they won the national championship. And when Dabo went to accept the trophy after the game, uh, you know, he just, he gave credit to the Lord and was just really bold in his faith. And we were all sitting there watching it going, wow, that's incredible. You just don't hear college coaches just giving God, the credit like that. And you could tell he was a man of faith. And we kind of just jokingly said, can you imagine like getting to play for somebody like that? That would just be the best. And I think that that just kind of planted a seed that, you know, uh, and that way, at that point, that was just like a dream, like just something you would say that'd be really cool, but didn't really think that that would ever happen. And then, um, so it comes like 2020, every year, well, backing up with Brad Thomas, every year at the beginning of college football season, he's a huge college football fan, 
he would all always have his predictions for college football. Who would do well, how many games they'd win, what their season would look like, and he'd have A&M, Texas, Baylor, you know, always had Clemson in there, Alabama, just, you know, some of the top schools and schools of interest for this area. And um, so I knew he knew a lot about college football, and he probably knew a lot about coaches. So going into summer, I can't remember how many offers he had. Um, I was, I know Baylor was the first one, probably Texas State, then uh, Auburn. And so offers were starting to, to roll in. And I, um, you know, I knew that Kate, you know, would probably, you know, he was already talking to a lot of college coaches and we wanted to make sure that he had a good fit, that we found a good fit for him. And so we reached out to Brad since he knew so much about college football and wanted to know, you know, what football programs had kind of a faith-based Christian culture because we know how much time Kate spends with the coaches and with the team and at the school. And so um, I still have the notes from that meeting. And I, I probably have six pages of notes of what he had to say about the different schools, about the culture, about the coaches. And um, it was super, super helpful. It really was. And, um, of course, he had great things to say about Dabo and Dabo being the real deal. And there were some other coaches, too, that he really liked as well. Um, but at that point, Clemson, he had had no contact whatsoever with Clemson. And Cade, on his own, reached out to his high school football coach, Todd Dodge. And I think before that, like, I, we didn't know how good Cade was, to be honest. I mean, we knew he loved football. We knew he was pretty good. And now as more offers were coming in, we thought, well, maybe, you know, it doesn't hurt to reach out to Clemson. And so Todd Dodge, the head football coach at Westlake, uh, reached out to, I think, Brandon Streeter first and just said, hey, got a quarterback. We should take a look at him. And um, that's how they got started. They always said that they only offer one quarterback at a time and that it's his it's his for the taking until he says he doesn't want it. And so just the way that they recruit, which was much different because I think at AM at that time they had like eleven offers out for quarterback and you know, a lot of schools had, you know, ten, twelve was is very common to offer at that position. And so um, we knew that it was it was ties unless uh, Ty said no, and so Coach uh, Streeter probably called Kay two or three times a week, and they would just talk on the phone and just said, you know, try to maintain a relationship there, and they did. And the more Kay talked to them, the more he just really liked them. He, um, they cared about him as a person. They would ask him about his schoolwork. They would ask him about fishing. They would, you know, Davo Sweeney. One time, I remember called us. I think we were at dinner. And he's like, what's up? And he's on a ski lift and, you know, FaceTiming Kay. Just, you know, he was just like a real person. Yeah. And Kay talks about, you know, another college coach that would call every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. And it was the same conversation, very rote every single week. And then like, oh, here's the head coach. And the head coach would get on and go, yeah, that's our stadium. And, you know, it was it, it was the same thing every week. And. With Clemson, it was different. It was, it was like talking to a best friend almost, and they just had so much fun on their conversations. 
Um, and so it was the whole recruiting thing was nerve wracking though, because it was fine when all the offers were coming in. And I think after Texas won the state championship in January, which was delayed because of COVID right after, you know, we won that and Cade was the quarterback for Westlake high school won the state championship. Um, he got a lot more offers, a lot, a lot more attention, you know, and um, Texas had already offered Texas A&M had not, you know, offer came in from them and being from Texas and my husband and I both going to A&M, that was like uh, to play at Kyle field is, it would be incredible. And all of our friends and family are from there. So that was a, that was a big offer to get. And, um, but he didn't have the same relationship with Jimbo. That was the first conversation in the recruiting process that Kate had had with Jimbo Fisher. And, you know, even though Kate had camped there every single summer since he was probably fifth or sixth grade, he's been going to uh, football camp at Texas and at Texas A&M. But that was the first time he talked to Jimbo Fisher. And it just, it didn't feel very sincere, the offer. I mean, the, the offer was sincere, but he felt, he felt more just like a commodity as opposed to, um, you know, somebody that the coach really cared about as a person. Kind of transactional. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then two weeks later, Connor Wegman commits to A&M and somebody else commits to Georgia. And then, you know, Kate's getting texts from anonymous people saying, if you want to commit to Texas, you know, Malik Murphy's coming to town tomorrow. He's got word is that he's going to commit. And so it was really hard to know, like, do you get, you know, do you take what's right in your hand or do you wait for what may never happen? And if you wait, then you might not get it. You know, there was no guarantee that Clemson would ever come along. And so he was, had to say, he had to just pass on, you know, dream schools for any, you know, most kids growing up in Texas would die to play for, you know, A&M or, or Texas. And th those were really hard. I think Todd, my husband and I probably had a harder time than Kay did just because, you know, we're from Texas. We left Texas. We'd love for him to play here. And we, you know, here we're dependent on an 18 year old in Tennessee, you know, Ty Simpson on whether or not Cade's going to go, you know, have an offer from Clemson. So that was, it was stressful. It was really, really stressful, but you know, we just kind of prayed about it and we just prayed for a peace. And, um, then, yeah, I think Ty had announced that he was going to make his big announcement on selecting a school and he chose Alabama. And I think the night before a reporter had leaked it to Cade. So we knew that what Ty did and Cade just came out of his bedroom, just, just overcome with emotion. He said, he's going to Alabama. Ty's going to Alabama. And then Dabo Sweeney called us on the phone and, and called Kate on the phone and said, you know, made the offer. So it was really, really exciting. And then, and the reason he didn't, the only reason he didn't commit right away was because he wanted to make a commitment video. I think CBS sports wanted to do a live, you know, reveal a big announcement thing and, Kate didn't want to do that. He wanted to have his closest friends and his coaches since Pop Warner at the house. And he um, had a friend that was in the tech crew and they created a commitment video. He didn't let any of us, he let Todd and I see it right before he showed it. 
but he didn't, um, he didn't want us to, you know, we didn't help him do it. And he put together, I don't know if you've seen his commitment video. He did a really, really yes. good job. And so, um, that's how he wanted to, before he told the world, he wanted to tell his friends, closest friends and family where he was going. So we had a little party at our house and showed the video and pulled out all the Clemson stuff and celebrated. Do you have any feel for where he might have gone had Simpson come to Clemson? You know, he had several schools that he liked. We really liked, um, and, you know, for him, it was a lot more of the relationships than it was the school even, which probably isn't the wisest thing to do when there's so much uh, turmoil and changeover in coaching staff. But he really did like coach uh, Mac Brown over at North Carolina mm -hmm. a lot. He liked uh, Coach McGee. He was a quarterback coach at Florida. Um, he liked, um, you know, the Texas underwent a coaching change, so it went from Coach Herman to Coach Sarkeesian, and he did not relate as much with Coach Herman, but we all really liked Coach Sarkeesian a, a lot. So, you know, Texas and, and Texas A&M, those were always – they were always very tempting, but those uh, the people committed to those pretty quickly. You know, we had schools saying that you know he'd, he'd probably get you know six, seven figures, you know, if he came in for NIL money, and we did not want Kay to make his decision based on money. He has his whole life to make money, and um, so we didn't want that to be part of the decision. I think, the, I, I think the whole recruiting world is just about to go crazy. I mean, I think it's just going to go crazy. I think Texas has a, a deal right now where, like, all the linemen get $150,000 in NIL money or $50,000 or hundred. It was fifty, dollars was hundred fifty. I don't know the exact amount, so don't quote me on that. Sure. But, and then they're telling them, you know, they just have to do some charity work of their choice to get it. You know, and I love that they're doing something for the linemen and it's not just the starters and that, you know, they're thinking out for the whole whole team. Um, but it's really just coming down to colleges paying coaches and that, I mean, paying players is through alumni. And I, I, I don't like that I, because then players are going to the highest bidder and I don't like that. I'm assuming y'all are going to drop them off at the airport on sometime early January. What is that? What's that going to be like? Mm, it's going to be hard. He's the youngest of four. I don't know if you need that. Uh -huh. um, his older siblings are uh, nine, seven, and six years older than him. So he's definitely the baby of the family. And um, it's, we're going to miss him. Yeah, he, he reports to the All-American game on January 3rd. And he'll be learning all their plays. And then the game, All-American game, is at noon on January 8th. And he moves into his dorm at noon on January 9th the next day. Wow. I know. So it'll be a whirlwind. We won't really have that time with him the week before he goes. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll fly out to Clemson with him and help him move in. And then, I don't know, we might just go sit on a beach somewhere and be sad. <laughs> um, but we bought a big RV so that we can go to all the games. And we're, you know, we're excited about this first chapter for this next chapter of his life. We're really, really excited. And I, there's no place, there's no person or coaches 
that I would rather him be playing for. So it's a dream come true. You know, it's like uh, that saying, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. And I feel that way, you know, don't cry because like he's leaving. Like I'm smiling because of what he gets to go do. And that makes, it makes me really happy of what he gets to go do. It's, it's a, beyond a dream. It's just hard to believe it. It's coming true. So y'all going to drive to all of his games? Yes, we will. We won't miss any of them. What an adventure. Mm-hmm. And the, the ones far away we may fly to, but uh, yeah, that's the plan. Go to all the games. And you'll stay, I guess. In, do you know where they have the RV lot is over behind mm-hmm. the baseball stadium? Yeah, we already uh, have our, you know, our space paid whatever fees we have to pay. <laughs> That's we're, great. We're, we're, we're all in, just like Cade. We're all in. Now, have, uh, correct. I'm sorry if I don't know this, but have y'all y'all been to a game here before? We have. We've been. We went to the spring game. We went to a game last fall against Syracuse, and then uh, uh, Todd and Cade. Todd and Cade went to. Another game, I can't remember which one it is, sorry. And then he came for the Cincinnati game. We all came for the Cincinnati game when his official visit was there. And, and the spring game as well. Cincinnati? It was the Cincinnati? UConn. UConn, UConn. okay, this year. Okay, UConn. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So that was the, the UConn game was the first full, sort of full-on experience because the pandemic was in 20, yes. yeah. Yeah, he, he came to a game earlier, and I can't remember why I didn't go. I think I had to help another kid with something. Okay. Well, and I guess y- y'all had, had experience traveling a lot when, when Reed was at Yale, right? Yes, uh-huh. Okay. And did he play all four years? He did. Okay. He did. He set the receiving record there. He was a, he was a great player. What is he doing now? He is trying to figure out. He's not sure what he wants to do next. He um, he tr- took a year off, and he, he trained for the NFL, and it looked like his trainer was a guy by the name of Tom Shaw out of Florida, and Tom was pretty sure he would get picked up. And the week before his pro days, everything got shut down, so he never got to do his pro days, and they kind of shut down, like, inviting people to the rookie camp. So um, he, he never got to kind of try out or show what he could do um you know we're pretty large shirts but really Cade came on my radar last year during COVID and um it was interesting so this you know when COVID started in I guess February of gosh I lose my year 20 February yeah 20 so I got a call from Cade's mom that summer and of course we're all you know hunkered down isolated and she said, hey, you, you know a lot about college football. You know a lot of coaches, a lot of programs. Would you do a Zoom call with my husband and I and Cade? And honestly, I had never met Cade at that point. And all I knew was he was a junior at Westlake High School. Westlake High School is a powerhouse with Lake Travis High School as well. So, you know, you got Drew Brees and you got Nick Foles and Sam Ellinger. I mean, same high school. And then the other high school here, Lake Travis, we've had 11 straight Division One quarterbacks out of Lake Travis High School. That's where uh, Mayfield came from. And so it's a big deal here. And I said, sure. So we had the Zoom call. And um, I wasn't thinking Clemson because I know Clemson offers late. And, you know, Clemson's top two program in the country. And, and this kid, you know, he was good, but I didn't think much about it. So I told him about all these different coaches I knew in programs. 
long story long, sorry. No, um, okay. so we, we kept talking and, and about the, about that last fall, I guess he was going to the elite 11 camp in California. And his mom said, Hey, Kate would love to come in and have you pray with him and just talk to him before he goes to camp. I said, sure. He came in and Kate was probably ranked, I don't know, 10th or 11th quarterback in the country, maybe. And he had won two state 6A championships for Westlake, which is a big deal here. And so he goes to that camp and wins the camp. And, you know, as you know, he's vaulted to number one quarterback um, in the country. So crazy athletic, uh, good runner. I mean, he's Trevor minus three inches, but he's got just a great accuracy about him. But I think more than anything else, he follows the line of, Deshaun and Taj and those guys and Trevor of being a great leader. Um, this is a kid that works with um, younger quarterbacks in the summers. He goes to elementary school classrooms, talks to the kids. I mean, this this kid has the maturity of a 35-year-old man, which is why he connected so well to the culture that Dabo has there. And so I'm excited for him. I mean, obviously, he's got way too much pressure on him coming in after this year with DJ and you know, I'm still hoping DJ is a Heisman candidate next year, but this kid is for real talent-wise, and he uh, he he loves the Lord. He's a strong Christian. He's just he's just gonna fit, and you kind of know what I mean when I say that. And uh, he's gonna be a team leader, which to me it felt like losing Amari. You know, Amari was kind of that vocal leader for the receivers, and I think Cade is that kind of leader that Trevor was in that regard. So it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of competition he'll throw against DJ. Every year I do in August, I do a, I do a football prediction newsletter to the church, which is kind of fun. And I do all the Texas teams, but I always throw Clemson in. And, um, she said, Hey, we, we love reading that every year. You kind of nail these teams. Can you talk to us about what you know about area programs, area teams? At that point, he was not getting recruited by Clemson and, and programs like that at all. Uh, but he was thinking at that point, TCU, um, you know, maybe UTSA, maybe Baylor. I mean, some of those type programs. Yeah, and he he asked me. He said, um, I, I asked him on the on that Zoom call. I said, "Where would you want to go if you could go anywhere?" He said, "Clemson." Really? Even back and then, I didn't even know he was thinking that. And I go, "Well, obviously, I'm biased, and that would be awesome." And I've met Dabo one other time when they played out here. Last time against A&M, I got to meet Dabo on the field before the game. And um, I said, yeah, that would be the great place to go for sure. But, okay, let's be realistic here. And and he was very realistic. He's like, you know, I probably I won't go to Clemson, obviously, but that's where I'd want to go. And so he's been talking Clemson now for, you know, a while. I just know Facebook messages from his mom. Um, she would say, like, hey, Dabo called last night. <laughs> And again, he was getting better and better, and they were—he was getting noticed, I should say. But you know, he—he he was six three and one seventy, and you know, Clemson's looking at guys that are six four and two thirty, you know. But as he started getting recognized, and one that he really started getting recognized after this—the last year state championship game, because in that game he played hurt and he threw for like three hundred yards and ran for I don't know one hundred fifty yards. So really started getting noticed around here locally, but it really wasn't until that Elite 11 camp where it became national. But by that point, he'd already committed to Clemson. I knew them, and his dad actually played at A&M. And so there was a huge, I mean, you, you know, think, 
we drink the Clemson water. I mean, the A&M water is the same thickness. <laughs> and so everyone's been pushing this kid to go to A&M, play for Jimbo Fisher. Uh, of course, Texas has been needing a quarterback since Colt McCoy, who actually goes to our church as well. And um, I, he, this kid just said, man, I want to go to Clemson. And, and honestly, it wasn't – I don't think it was about just winning. I think it was about – Hey, character, family atmosphere, you know, all the buzzwords we use for Clemson, Dabo, the culture that Dabo set. And I think Dabo called him, and I think Dabo prayed with him on the phone a couple of times, which coaches just don't do that. And you could tell Dabo, and, you know, you've been around Dabo some too. I mean, Dabo's like, hey, we want you where God wants you. We want you where you need to be. If that's Clemson, great. But Clemson was pursuing the kid that went to, to Alabama at the time. Simpson. Yes. And so actually after he committed to Bama and Clemson lost that recruit, that's when he called an offer to Cade. I want to say like the next day or so. Yep, it was. And then Cade just ecstatically said, you know, I think he took a couple of days to think about it, but he was all in at that point. When he, we had that Zoom call last summer and I got off the call. I mean, honestly, he's a skinny kid. And I got off the call going, there's no way he's going to go to Clemson. That's what I was thinking. But, man, what a good athlete. I mean, if you start at Westlake High School, you're going to play Division One ball somewhere. And so I got off the phone thinking, well, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up, and he's a solid athlete, and he's a better guy. And then when I, when, when his mom contacted me, and, I, again, I can see that date on what the date was, I couldn't believe it. I was sitting there going, okay, you know, biasly, I, I'm a huge Clemson fan, obviously. I mean, my Twitter handle's at Tiger Preacher, right? <laughs> but besides that, I was thinking, this is the kind of kid that goes to Clemson. And this is the kind of kid that's going to make a difference in that community, and it's just going to be a leader day one, kind of like Shipley was. I mean, Shipley comes on as a freshman, and he, he's already leading the offense vocally, right? And and that's what Kate is. And I can see Kate and Shipley and, and these young receivers – do this for a long time together. So I just remember my reaction was, Oh my gosh, we got one that's coming right out of our church. Cause we have athletes that go here. We've had a lot of D one players come out of here. Um, Sergio Garcia, the golfer goes to our church, uh, Jordan Shipley, Colt McCoy back before your time, Phil Dawson kicked in the NFL for 15 years, a UT all American kicker. He goes here. So these are guys we have, and we have a lot of athletes that go here. Uh, but this is this is special. This is different because this is Clemson and his quarterback. You know, it's different if it's he's gonna be a tight end, right, or you know, DB. But this is the leader of the team. And you know, if this kid stays healthy and if he, I know he'll stay humble. This could be a special player for Clemson. Maturity-wise, he seems like a an adult. Yeah. But don't translate that as boring. He is one of the goofiest kids. Like. You know, you have that friend that's like, well, of course Cade said that, or of course Cade did that. Not like bad, but just goofy. That's Cade. I mean, he's just, you're looking at him going, I'm amazed your shoes match today, Cade. You know, that kind of deal. <laughs> but he's also just the most jovial guy. Let me read to you a comment I got, because I just, I just wrote a letter to Gatorade Player of the Year Committee on his behalf. And so I interviewed a couple of guys. I can actually email this letter to you. And um, when I spoke to his teammates, he started a Bible study at his house during COVID. And this this Bible study has continued. He's got like, I don't know, half the Westlake football team comes to his house early in the morning for a Bible study before school. 
And what every guy I talked to on the team said, they said basically the same thing. They said this. They said, if you take Clemson away and you take all the championships away, Kate is the exact same person. Like, he would be the same person whether he was on this football team or not. And you just don't hear that a lot because with people it is about football. But this guy's the same guy. And they said no matter who Kate is talking to, he talks to him the same way, whether it's Dabo or whether it's you know someone like yourself or whether it's a fifth grader, he's speaking to the classroom. He's the exact same way with everybody, which I think that's a, that's a pretty huge compliment. Mm-hmm. He is um, – I'm, I'm reading you what one friend said. He said, one friend described Kate as the combination of an eight-year-old kid and a grown, mature man. He has the energy and the joy of a little kid – but he's very disciplined. He's on time. He works hard. He leads others. And I thought that was a pretty good description. Yeah, I got a I got an email from his head coach, uh, Coach Dodge. This is last year, actually, coaching at Westlake. He's a Texas legend. Yeah. And he said, Kate is up for the Gatorade Player of the Year for the state of Texas. Well, he just won that last week. I wrote the letter for that. And I also wrote a letter for the National Player of the Year that he's he's nominated for. But you got to also understand, I am subliminal messaging here for the last 17 years. So literally, I would say things like, hey, this the other day, you know, you guys know that Clemson, that's God's team, right? Well, you know, you saw, you know, I'll say things like that. And so this kid grew up hearing me talk about this place, not just, not just because, you know, in 2013, we became national powerhouse in football. And that helped. But I was talking about Clemson back when this kid was in first grade. And I would talk about it as a place where my life was changed, me personally, and where I fell in love with the Lord and I fell in love with Clemson and the Southeast. Of course, I grew up there like like you did. But here's a guy in Texas talking about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, high school players only know what they see in the front of them. So now you got Clemson winning two titles in three years and six straight playoff appearances. So he's putting together, wait, there's a place where the, the, the head coach is a Christian and a man of integrity and character, and they care about the players like their family, and they win championships? Let's go. Yeah. And so he's putting all that together, and then he's watching us on TV like everyone has. Again, I had no idea he would answer that question the way he did, but when I asked it, he had already thought about it, and it was a 100% decision like, dude, I would go to Clemson in a heartbeat. When you're when you're a preacher like me, I'm pretty relational. I, I mean, I'm a I'm a dude's dude. I I always feel like if I can get the guy's heart, then the family follows. And so I'll use sports illustrations and sermons. I'll I'll talk. I think I talk in ways that relate to guys. And he grew up in that. He grew up with a dad who played college football, so he already loved football. He's loved football his whole life. And I don't know where in his heart he started thinking Clemson would be where I wanted to go. But I know he saw Dabo on TV talk in interviews before and after games. You know, he, he watched Dabo go to Syracuse's locker room and after we lost that game on a Friday night and said, way to go to that team. He saw those things. Yeah, and I put stuff on Twitter and Facebook. And I know he's been following me for years on that stuff. So I don't know why Clemson for him. I just think he put it all together and then he's heard me talk about it. And then when Dabo offered, I think when he – talk to Dabo, he's thinking, this this guy's for real and this program's for real. I mean, that's a long way from home. Yeah. And you know how people in the South don't leave the South? People in Texas do not leave Texas. 
and I, again, I didn't know him all those years, but you know, we've got several thousand people. It's hard to know everybody, but I knew of his family and, and I'll tell you this, like on Sundays, he's here every Sunday. And we also have a lot of Longhorn players that come and it's been a tough year for those guys. But Cade, I mean, Cade always has three to 10 football players. He brings with him every Sunday here and they sit together. They're back there taking notes. They're listening. They're focused. He brings his friends up to me in the foyer and introduces them. I mean, what high school stud does that? Not many. And that, that's what I mean by the maturity. He's goofy, but he's a mature guy who's a leader. Where have you seen the goofiness? Um, he looks a little goofy. <laughs> <laughs> he's tall and skinny. He's just, when I first saw him on that, that Zoom call, I thought, this guy's not a Division One quarterback. That was my first thought. Um, he is 6'3", but on Zoom call, you can't tell how tall someone is, but he just looks skinny. He's probably put 15 pounds on this year of muscle, but he, you know, Clemson's going to do that 20, 25 more pounds, I would think. But just goofy, like, if you talk to him and his friends, you have no clue you're talking to the number one rated quarterback in the country. Like, I know if I were in his shoes, my head wouldn't fit in the room. And he's just with his friends, cutting up, hanging out. Um, his friends told me he's the goofiest guy on their team. <laughs> And, you know, he's a jokester. They're always pulling pranks, you know, that type stuff. So at the same time, while he's a normal kid like that, if you ask any player on his team and his coaches, they're like, that's the leader of this team. And, you know, I'm excited for that for Clemson, for sure. How hard was it dealing with the loss of Jackson Coker for him? You know, Jackson was one of his best friends. Um I think that loss galvanized that team. And, you know, they would tell you they, they played they play for him this year. Um, you know, that was another good kid. He was he didn't go to our church, but he was a, a believer. Um, he was involved in Young Life, which is something that Kate's been involved with. And when, when, when he passed, uh, Kate started going to Young Life, and the guy who they, they kind of connect a younger guy with an older guy at Young Life, and Cade sought this guy out, which was actually a really close friend to the, the kid that passed. And that kid has become Cade's mentor. And so I also think it's kind of took the place for that mentor as well. I don't know the guy's name. But whenever you see Cade, you usually see a mentor around, which means he's always inviting someone a little further down the line into his life. And he listens. And again, most athletes in those situations don't listen to anybody because they got all the answers. Um, but Cade's always got someone around him that's younger, it seems like, and someone that's older. So he's always pouring into somebody. He's always being poured into somebody. And I just think that is rare. Yes, yeah, so I've been keeping up with the club next, you know, when they, they would go on their recruiting visits. Um, of course, they would always text me with a picture of Dabo. And, you know, they'd come back and tell me they spent time with Dabo and, and his wife. And um, I think the club next have become friends with Dabo and his wife, which is kind of what Dabo does with everybody probably. But, um, you know, Dabo's got a special place in his heart for quarterbacks. Obviously, he's a receiver. But, yeah, I, I don't have the exact date, but um, I have a date on my on my Facebook here, June 28th. Uh, his mom said it was great to sit and talk with you and Cade outside the four-year today. Um, I love the journey ahead for him and his 
him and us. Uh, thank you for the gift of that Zoom call. Um, yeah, so we've just gotten closer and closer throughout this past year, for sure. Yeah, I was an economics major. I wanted to be a corporate lawyer. Uh, I was there 87 to 91, and uh, that's where FCA changed my life, was at Clemson. I think FCA became the largest one in the country when I was there. When I was there, there was only 12,000 students, and we had probably 1,000 coming to FCA on Thursday nights, which is a student-led organization. There was you know, Adults weren't leading at that time at all. Um, and we, we were connected to IPTA, so we did stuff with – do you remember a name, Allison Dalton? Yes. So Mr. Dalton was our sponsor, so I was real close to the Dalton family as well. And so that's where my life was changed, and I felt called to ministry. And so I left Clemson and went to Dallas Seminary in Dallas – and that's where I met my wife, who's from Texas. I graduated Dallas Seminary in 97 and then took a job at East Cooper Baptist in Mount Pleasant for seven years. <clears throat> so this Austin Ridge, this job is my first and only lead pastor job I've ever had. And when I got here in 04, it was probably 300 folks. We had one building, and now we're three campuses with probably 6,000 folks. That's amazing. And... Um, yeah, so that's kind of all the connections there. Me to Dallas, back to Charleston. Uh, never thought I'd be in Austin. My, my daughter is now a senior at University of Texas, so I've got a, a Longhorn. And my wife's a Sooner. So <laughs> we actually have this big flagpole in our yard, and we have the three colleges on the flagpole. And we, we put them up every year based on the AP ranking. <laughs> and so when the, the, the football season starts, you know, Clemson's been on top literally for six years, right? And it's always been Clemson, OU, and Texas. Well, this year, for the first time, OU jumped to the top. <laughs> and I'm hoping OU loses their bowl and we blow out Iowa State so I can put them back on top. <laughs> and so at the end of the football year, whichever team's ranked the highest gets to be on the flagpole alone for a month. <laughs> and so this, uh, this flagpole has just been a huge talking point for people here in Austin. Uh, you know, cause there's no other flagpole here in Austin. that has those three schools on it. Right. Right. So people come to Austin Ridge and they're like, you know, after a, a football game, they're like, okay, you know, what's the order of the flagpole? And I explain this AP ranking. So we have a great time with, with stuff like that here. And of course, Venable is going to Oklahoma. My wife's very happy. And uh, I'm not so happy. And so you said you you worked with Danny Ford's, with some of the athletes in FCA while you were here. Yeah, more more into Ken Hatfield. Okay. So I did some devotionals for the team, and um, you know FCA was a big deal to Ken Hatfield. And again with Allison Dalton, um, Allison Dalton's daughter Cece Dalton, if you've heard her name. Um, I was at Clemson with Cece, friends with Allison. Allison made it take really what it was now. I mean, he's the guy that really built that thing. And we, I was, I was always in the football offices doing stuff with the team. Um, and yeah, and obviously love Clemson just because of growing up there, obviously. You know, we sent a ton of, it's not just football. We sent a ton of students from our church to Clemson, which is funny because a lot of the Texas kids, if they don't stay in Texas, they may go to like Auburn or Mississippi or Alabama, but I bet we've sent, I bet we've sent 25 of our students to Clemson in the last five years. 
and a few of those kids have been athletes as well and played sports there. Um, so really, I think I should be getting a kickback at some point. As somebody who has lived in South Carolina and knows what high school football is like in South Carolina, can you describe just how big it is? I mean, you already mentioned, like, that is just amazing, the Lake Travis streak of Division One quarterbacks and then the Breeze and Foles and all that. It just seems like a, almost like a, college football uh, smaller college football over there is that is it just that vast of a difference can you describe it it is it is a vast difference you know when i when i was growing up going to hillcrest basketball was huge baseball was huge football was huge here football is huge and there's everything else and so lake travis is where my kids went which is here in austin and my daughter went through four years of high school they lost one football game I mean, they won four straight titles. That's where Chad Morse came from. Yep. I remember Chad Morse. Yep. So Chad won the first of five Lake Travis state championships when my daughter was a freshman. And then, you know, you know Chad's story as well. And so it's big. Like, for example, um, my first year I was a pastor out here. They had Lake Travis Westlake, which is the last game of the season, played at Texas Stadium. And I think there was 35,000 fans that showed up. And it is not uncommon to see 15, 20, 25,000 fans of these high school games. And then the stadiums are artificial turf. And they're like Lake Travis, you know, is endorsed by Under Armour the way a college would be. And the Jumbotrons, I mean, it's just, and people tailgate at high school games. So they show up. Friday afternoons like they do at Clemson on Wednesdays and they just tailgate <laughs> it is a I, even to the point of this Larry um, we've tried to do Friday night church events and it won't happen in Texas because of high school football we tried to do Saturday church and it doesn't happen in Austin because of college football <laughs> and so it's it is everything out here it is huge Friday night lights I mean that's that's what it is out here um, well, this is great. I, uh, I think I'm going to really sort of focus on, on, on your, uh, the angle of you and Clemson and all that, if that's okay. Sure. You can use any of it. And like I said, send me your email. I'll, I'll email you the letter I sent. Um, yeah, it's a, when you think about high school football, it's California, Texas, and Florida, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe Ohio, <laughs> And uh, Texas, honestly, this is this is what they do. I mean, California has other things like the beach and Hollywood, and Texas has oil, dirt, and football. <laughs> and they, it's kind of like when I grew up in South Carolina, when, if you remember, too, there was no professional sport teams. And so it's all college. And so we pulled for the Falcons or the Redskins growing up, and they were horrible, so you pull for Clemson or Carolina. Out here, it's Texas, Texas A&M. It's kind of like Clemson, South Carolina, and that, that rivalry is about to be re- renewed as well. And you said you, after the, each of the national championships, you'll wear orange pants? Yeah, after the 16 championship, I said, well, this may never happen again, right? So I wore orange pants and a purple shirt, and I had Clemson Nikes that I kind of personalized from Nike. I had Tiger Paws all over them. 
And then after 18, I said, I need to change this up a little bit. So I had an orange sport coat with orange pants. And I've got, I got a bow tie now that's waiting for the next championship. So tell Dabo, I want to wear this bow tie soon. <laughs> and when you say that the people there have been trying to get him to go to A&M in Texas, how, I mean, is that, that's in the past? Like, is that before his, before he committed to Clemson or are they still trying to figure out why he's not staying close to home? Yeah, you know, it's funny. People in our church, which is the culture that I operate out of, they understand why he's going to Clemson because, well, yeah, Clemson's awesome. And Dabo's a Christian, and why wouldn't we want our kids to go to Clemson, right? Outside of our culture here at our church, he got a lot of pressure from Aggies and Longhorns, more from Aggies because his dad went there. And I think that stopped once he committed. But I tell you, I haven't talked to Kate in the last couple of weeks, but. I would be interested to ask Cade with the OC and the DC and the AD leaving. Did that repump some of that pursuit? Because I bet it did. Yeah. Because I asked Cade about it um, a while back, and he said, "Yeah, I got a lot of pressure." And he never he never buzzed. I mean, Clemson didn't know this, but that kid was going to go to Clemson if they offered. And again, that was before he became the number one quarterback in the country. But I bet the last couple of weeks that stuff is ramped back up out here. Yeah. But then Especially t- the way kids jump around with the portal and everything else. I mean, you're you're not there until you're there. Yep. And then even and when I'm, you're and then even when you're there. <laughs> yeah. And my understanding is K's an early enrollee, so he'll be there in January. Is what I understand. Late this month, I guess. Late, yeah, late see, December. He's pumped. He's ready. Do you remember when he? Um, Obviously, you do, but when they they beat North Shore and he had the his AC joint was torn, somebody said that that was kept under wraps and that it wasn't wasn't even disclosed until after the next week after they won the state championship. Do you remember that? The particulars of that, like they were able to keep that quiet. That's what I heard. I did not know he was hurt, and watching that game, you could not tell. I mean, because those games are all on TV out here. Um. But, yeah, I, I found out after the game he was hurt, but he ran the ball incredibly well in that game. It, it reminded me of, was it Deshaun that played on a torn ACL against South Carolina? Was that right? Yep, 2014. Yeah, it reminded me of that because and we knew that was true with Deshaun, but you couldn't tell watching him play until he limped. That's the way it felt like with Cade that game. And let me tell you, I think the Westlake team this year, they won – Two weeks ago, seventy to six, and then they just beat Katie, which is a powerhouse in Texas. They just beat them forty-five to fourteen this past weekend, and those those two touchdowns by Katie were late in the game. Mm-hmm. This team might be the best Westlake team ever, which is saying something. And I don't think anyone's going to touch them as they finish up. So this will be the first kid in Westlake history to win three straight championships. And again, you think about Nick Foles and Drew Brees and Sam Ellinger. That's a big deal. Yeah. Now, go ahead and throw this out to you, Larry. So, the backup quarterback at Westlake, his name is Paxson Land. He's a sophomore, and he and he and his family go to Austin Ridge as well. And I'm really close to the Lands. Uh, Paxson's already 6'4", and he got a lot of mop-up duty when Cade was a little hurt this season. I'm already working on Paxson to come to Clemson as well, so we'll keep that pipeline open. <laughs> 
the kid's a stud. I mean, they were playing, I forget the team, I think it was Hayes is the name of the team, and he came in second half and just, yeah, he lit it up. And this kid's just figuring out the position still. But his, it's funny, his dad, Derek, walked on at A&M. So we got another Aggie-Clemson connection here. <laughs> and I've already told Derek I'm praying that Paxton goes to Clemson. So it's pretty funny. Man, all I can say is this kid is just a great kid. And I hope, obviously, I hope people be patient with him. And I know DJ had a tough year, and I'm still pulling for DJ. Um, this is the type of kid that if DJ wins the, the battle, this kid will be cheering for DJ louder than anybody else and will be a great teammate. And if it's not next year, this kid's time's going to come if he stays healthy. Um, so Clemson Nation ought to be real excited. But more than the talent, just the quality of this, this young man is, is just awesome. If you're in the Eastern Midlands and PD area and you're in any way interested in buying and selling a home, commercial property, land, need to consider reaching out to Uptown Realty. They're based out of Sumter and run by a friend of mine, Patrick Enzer, big Clemson guy, used to cover the Tigers in a newspaper capacity, longtime supporter of Tiger Illustrated, longtime listener to the Dubcast. The home buying process should be an enjoyable experience, so let Patrick and his staff do all the heavy lifting. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 803-774-0435 or go to Uptown Realty SC. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm, Smith & Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326. 3507. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Matt Gross is a proud Clemson alum and the vice president for the Clemson market for Founders Federal Credit Union. Matt's office is located beside the Walmart neighborhood market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to Founders F. FCU.com. So what can you tell me what this week has been like for you? I mean, everything is so regimented during a season and you go, go from that to actually maybe having some free time. What have you done? I know you went camping and other stuff like that. Yeah. Um, honestly, not a ton, just kind of, you know, I've got a decent amount of stuff to do just with, um, finishing up an online high school class, uh, a second semester English. And then, um, just getting ready for Clemson, you know, a lot of orientation stuff and, um, just a, a lot of little things. Um, uh, but honestly, not a ton, physically, not a ton, just kind of resting and letting my body just kind of catch up. You know, it's been a long six, uh, 17 weeks, um, just in this, in this last, you know, in these last 17 weeks, it's been a long ride. So, um, just kind of letting my body just kind of get back to where it was. And, you know, we have practiced it. 4:45 in the morning so to kind of sleep in a little bit and not play catch up um was was really nice so does your does your clock still wake you up at at 4 or 4:15 because you've been used to doing it so much uh not right now i'm sleeping <laughs> in <laughs> <laughs> that's good so yep, a, a, yes, sir. 11 days from now you're going to go to san antonio you're going to yep. spend a week there and then you go directly to Clemson. Is that right? Directly there to hear from yeah, I think, I think we'll come home and then, and then we'll leave. But 
I mean, it'll be quick. I mean, we'll be home the eighth, and then we leave the ninth. So, what is that going to be like leaving home for that last time? Yeah, um, I I don't even know yet. You know, I've I've never lived outside of Austin in my whole life. Um, it's kind of all I've ever known. So, um, just kind of living where I am right now and living where my feet are in the present, just focusing on today and you know when the day comes i think i'll think about it but just kind of not really thinking about it yet uh, but yeah i don't really know how the day's gonna go yet i know it'll be it'll be an emotional day but um yeah can you take me back to when you were i guess you were a 12 year old from what i've read and heard on january 9th 2017 watching clemson get the trophy in tampa listening to Dabo sweeney talk on the stage was that the beginning of this affinity for clemson or does it go back further than that for you yeah, I mean, I think I think it would have to be the first one that they won a couple of years back um, with Deshaun. Yeah. Uh, wait, is that the yeah? That's, that's the same the one. one. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, that's got to be the first time that I really saw and heard about Coach Sweeney and Clemson. I just remember talking to my mom like, "How would you not want to go play for that person?" Um, and just like that would be so crazy. And to just kind of realize that I'm I'm getting to go play for the coach that I watched on TV. Um, you know, six years ago, um, it's, it's just so surreal and so awesome. Can you take me back to that night? Was it you and your family watching? What do you remember from the game? Obviously one of the craziest games in yeah, college football think, history. You know, I think we just had like a, just a bunch of people over and we're all watching the game together and, um, just came down to the last moment, you know, in that last few seconds, um, just, you know, it was a great game and so fun, um, to watch. I had, I, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a Bama fan, so to really watch anybody beat Bama, but yeah, I loved Clemson at the time, and that's whatever my like love for Clemson kind of started started coming. So, so is it safe to say before that you really liked their style of play and and sort of they were the new kid on the block? But it was that night when the more substantial sort of uh, stuff that you know related to spirituality and all that started to take root. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, yeah. Um. It just occurred to me that that day you move into your dorm, I guess January 9th, that'd be the five-year yeah. anniversary of that night. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's actually so crazy, dang. Your mom made the point that as impressed you are, as you have been with Dabo Sweeney, that you're probably tighter with Coach Streeter just from the frequency of communication with him. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I've talked to Streeter for longer, um, but I mean, I would say I'm just as tight with both of them at this point. Um I mean, me and Coach Sweeney have a real, really special relationship, and and, and me and Coach Streeter. So, I mean, I would say it's equal at this point. Gotcha. Um, I was always a little bit tighter with Coach Streeter. I was always way tighter with Coach Streeter than Coach Elliott. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't actually spoke with. I mean, I had, but like just not nearly as much uh, than Coach Streeter and Coach Sweeney. So, it sounds like during the recruiting process, your conversations with coaches from other schools were. Not all the other schools, but but some of them were just more sort of formulaic and basic, whereas your conversations with Dabo and Streeter were more involved, more about you as a person. Yeah. Can you help help me recreate some of those conversations you were having and maybe what what oh, yeah. what so when it or what dawned on you as wow, this is different from the typical conversations I'm having. Yeah, I mean I just remember, you know, there's one school out there where like just an example and so so many people do this or something. And one school out there like every single Tuesday at like three twenty-five, coach like their assistant QB coach would call me, say, Hey Kate, how's it going? 
doing good. All right, cool. Here's coach blank. And like, that's it. And then the coach, the head coach would get on the phone, say, what's up, Kate? How's it going? Here's our stadium. All right. I hope you have a good one. All right. See ya. Boom. And that's like all that I ever spoke with them. Like, that's it. And it's like, I was just a, like a empty box that they're I'm on a checklist that, that they called me that week. And like, I just like, there's just so many schools like that where there's just no real relationship wanting to be made. Um, and just knowing me, I'm like such a relationship person. Like I want to have somebody that wants to get to know me and I want to be able to get to know you. And like, if that's how it's going to be for the four years that I'm at school too, where you just don't like care about the person that I am. And I don't really feel like that's where I need to be. And every time I talk to coach Streeter or coach Sweeney or coach Ellie, like, that's all that they want to know. It's just how am I doing? How's my week going? All they want to know is just more about me and my, and my backstory and my family and my friends. And, um, coach Sweeney's memory is like, unlike anybody else, like he will remember the smallest details about everything. Um, so like just for coach Streeter, you know, I talked to coach Streeter for probably like four or five months, uh, before we were talking to coach Sweeney and just like, he would just text me out of the blue. Hey, you want to catch up? And just like all kinds of stuff where like, he just literally wanted to talk and just like have a conversation. And it was just always such genuine conversations. Um, there's probably only one or other, one or two other schools out of everybody that I talked to that was really like that. Um, but you know, it, when it, it comes to that and then also just the consistency of winning that they have and just the family atmosphere. It's like, it's not just coach Shreen and coach Shreer. It's the whole community. It's the whole coaching staff. It's every player. It's every student. It's, it's just, it's the, it's the whole community and culture there. So, your mom mentioned that one time Dabo FaceTimed you from a ski lift on a slope. <laughs> kind of unconventional approach for him. Any other sort of weird, just different sort of communications with him that was sort of him? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I would say that was probably the funniest. Is he was just like FaceTiming you going up the ski lift. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and like one time I like FaceTimed him one night and he didn't answer. Um, I was like, okay, he normally answers. That's weird. And I was driving back home and I, and I called him. He didn't answer. And I get home and he'd been on FaceTime with my parents for like 45 minutes. <laughs> and that's why he didn't answer my FaceTime. Um, so just like, that's the type of person he was. It's just, yeah. So there he is. You mentioned his memory. Can you give me some examples? I mean, I've, I know about it too, but can you give me some examples of when it struck you? Wow. This guy doesn't forget anything. Oh man. I mean, I can't think of anything specific, um, but just like when he's telling stories and stuff that could be like 10 years ago and he just remembers every single detail, um, or just like even by myself and just like, just so many little things that, you know, uh, based on just how many people he talks to daily, the fact that he can remember so many little things about everybody, um, it's just so amazing. So did you have any conversations with the president, Jim Clements? I have. Yeah. I've texted him many times and he, he hits me up every once in a while. And, um, I've, I can't remember what it was. I've, I've talked to him in person, hung out with him for a little bit twice now, but he, I mean, he's such an amazing person and just, um, I'm, I'm really excited to get to know him more. So, yeah. Your mom said you put yourself on Clemson's radar by telling coach Dodge years ago that you were interested in them. And then he called up coach Streeter and said, you might want to look at this guy. Is that how it went down? Yeah, I mean, I had kind of, I probably like 
seven or eight offers and well, i mean since i probably got like my first or second my dad was probably always like okay you should ask coach dodge like if you can get in contact with coach or with, with clemson i'm like dad that's like kind of a reach like that's a little much uh and he would ask me probably like once every two weeks um and then i got to the point where i probably had like seven or eight offers or something and i was like okay fine i'll ask him um no probably not. i probably had a few more um but i finally asked coach Dodge. i was like hey coach i just wondered like if you still had coach Trier, coach Sweeney's number would love to get in contact with him and he ended up just texting me his number and i my first text was just texting coach Trier saying you know uh what's up coach uh kate clemick from austin texas uh kind of told him a little bit about me and just told him we'd love to get on the phone soon and he ended up calling me that night i talked for like 10 minutes and then um ever since then we talked at least once a week um and i would say that was last june um and you know ever since then we just kind of you know it was over over a year and a half now so um you know at least once or twice a week um and that's kind of how it went down so Wow. And so that was probably, I guess that was the summer of your Zoom call with Brad Thomas and your mom and dad where, where I, th- I think even yeah. Brad, Brad said yeah. he, you surprised him when you, he said, if you, if you could have your pick, where would you go? And you say Clemson. And he's like, whoa, what? Really? So it was sort of out of the blue yeah. at that point. Yeah. So was, so had, had Streeter, had he seen you at all? Bef- like when, when he called you nope. that night? Yeah, I, I had, we had never seen each other. Um, and yeah, we, we hadn't until after I committed. I mean, as far um, as had he, had he seen your film, I guess is what I, oh, I should say. Oh, I don't think so. I, I ended up sending him my film and I think they ended up watching it. And, you know, I only had sophomore film at that point and they just kind of tagged along and kept watching me up throughout the season and, uh, throughout my junior season. And, um, and we just kind of kept talking and, um, yeah. Do you still have that text that you sent him to start the conversation? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can look, but that would be pretty. I was just curious. Pretty far up there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'll that's, look one. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so your mother was talking about how stressful it was in February of 21 when you had quarterbacks committing to Texas and to A&M and to Georgia, what was that like for you? I know it was stressful for them. She said it was probably more stressful for them than for you. Uh, what do you, how, how, how sort of, how was that for you? Um, oh man, that was a very, very stressful uh, two weeks just because I knew I wanted to go to Clemson and I had told them, you know, I, I wanted to go to Clemson. I, I told coach, coach here and, and, um, that's where I wanted to be. And they hadn't offered me at that point yet. Um, but I just felt like that's really where I needed to be. And, um, just kind of had to trust the Lord with that. And for two weeks, I was just really stressful. And then I just kind of got peace about it, that wherever I ended up, I was there for a reason. So, um, you know, and then it all kind of worked out and, um, I, I, I don't know where I would have gone if I didn't go to Clemson because I just didn't feel like anywhere I truly belonged and where I really fit perfectly or where I felt needed or not needed, but just felt like I, where I needed to be. So really, you don't think you would have been comfortable anywhere else. I mean, I just, I, I just can't really see. I couldn't, I couldn't see myself anywhere else. 
to be honest. And so at what point you seem to have a pretty good grasp of the timeline and, and of dates. Do you remember when they told you that they were sort of, that Simpson was number one for them and that you were going to have to sort of wait to see what he did? Um, I mean, they had just told me, you know, they only offer one guy at a time and they, I just kept on hearing, you know, we don't offer guys until we've seen them. And, um, that just kind of kept happening because COVID just kept on backing it up. And I mean, I, I can't remember the exact timeline of it, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was tough just knowing that I had kind of had to wait, but I knew that, um, me and coach Sweeney had a really, really good relationship. And, um, I knew that. Yeah. So your mom said the night you heard that Simpson was going to Alabama, you came out of your room and just were overcome with emotion. That just sounds like a really vivid, uh, memory. Can I get, can I get your sort of perspective? Like, was it a reporter who told you or something over the phone? Um, yes, it was the night before actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I remember a reporter told me and I kind of got the inside scoop on it and I was just so happy that he told me, but I just kind of just knew trusting in the Lord was just paying off right there because I was just, you know, didn't know what to do. And, um, just when I got the call, I just ran out knowing that, you know, I was probably going to go to Clemson. Uh, and that was just a, it was a great feeling, you know? What was that? What was it like? I mean, just to, to, to know that that dream sort of was probably that, 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 that door was opening. It was awesome. Uh, it was just so surreal and just a, a great feeling knowing that it was, you know, it was there and it was an opportunity that I could get to go play at Clemson one day. Um, so, you know, until, until, uh, until two weeks from now, it was, it was just a really, really good feeling. So, so you don't know where you'd be had that not happened. I, I think my, your mom might have mentioned North Carolina, Florida, uh, just because of your relationships yeah. with those coaches. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would say that. Um, just, just them schools because you know a couple of my four or five just in coaching changes and stuff, and my top four or five just kind of got taken back to back to back, and then um, I didn't I didn't really know where I wanted to go because. Just A&M, I, I was kind of all over the place, and Texas was all over the place. Didn't really feel like a solid foundation there. And then UNC, I, 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 I don't know. And then Florida, just something felt a little off. Um, and then Clemson just felt right. So, How did you hear the news that Tony Elliott was uh, was taking the job at, at Virginia? Uh, Coach Streeter told me. Coach Shearer told me that, and then he told me that he was going to be the new OC, and I was pumped for him, uh, for both of them, that Coach Coach Elliott got that job, but I'm also super excited for Coach Shearer because I think he's going to be really, really, really good at it. So, Do you have a sense of what the offense might look like under Streeter, how it might be different with his sort of personal touch on it? I think just that he's been able to kind of sit back and, and see the goods and the and the bads um, over the past couple of years. That I think he's going to bring a really, really good thing, uh, just a really good – mindset and just um game plan in, in these next couple of years just because you know he's he's been right here you know i mean he's been at clemson he's not coming in new but he's it's, you know offense is going to stay the same and i might might change up a little bit but um but just the things that he's going to be able to do I'm, I'm really excited about 
Clemson lost its AD, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator over about a week's period. Did you get any pressure behind the scenes in the aftermath of that from other schools or fans or anybody around there saying, hey, is there a chance you change your mind here? No, nah, not once. I, I trust in Coach Sweeney, and I have since the very beginning. So, What do you think is realistic for you in your first year at Clemson? Uh, like, like what? I'm sorry, just as a player. As far as oh. performance, oh, uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get to work. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to ease in this thing. I'm ready to get to work and um, just ready to listen to Coach Shree and Coach Sweeney and whatever they got for me, um, and ready to get after it. So, Dabo has compared you to Deshaun Watson at the same stage. Says you're quicker. What's your reaction when you hear that? I mean that's that's a pretty big uh, that's a pretty big compliment right there. Deshaun is probably one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. Just watching him and um, you know my dad grew up in Houston, so we would go see him at the Texans for the last couple of years and just loved watching him play. Um, just so special and um, that's definitely a huge compliment. And I actually got to go through with him this this past summer a couple couple months ago and just such a great guy, uh, just an amazing athlete and such a great guy and was a really good role model for me. So. Deshaun was around 178, I think, when he got here as a freshman uh, mid-year. Yeah. He left, I think, somewhere around 215. Is that sort of the same progression you envisioned for yourself over your career? Yeah, I, was, I would see that. Um, I think that would be awesome. Um, just to, you know, the size that he's at is, is perfect. Um, so just to keep his athleticism at the same time is, is really good. So, Do you already have a copy of the playbook at all, or is that just something that you, I guess uh, you... not yet. Soon though, I'm gonna start studying it soon. Um, I haven't. I actually probably sometime this week. Uh, he sent me the formations and stuff, but that's it. Gotcha. Just to get those down first. So, how often do you engage with the current players like Shipley, DJ, Bo Collins, guys like that? Uh, I mean, I would say about once a month. Uh, or not, not once a month, about once a week with just somebody and um, just kind of keeping in contact with some of those guys and uh, like Will Taylor and Will Shipley and, and Bo, yeah, those guys right there and, and Kobe. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I've built a few good relationships with those guys. Um, I think that'll just grow once I get there. So, as I've learned more about Westlake, the football program of the last few weeks and what y'all were all about under Coach Dodge. The culture just seems so similar to Clemson's and that you hear yeah. that it's built on love, trust, relationships, things like that. Do you see like a really striking sort of similarity as well? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't have, put, you can't put a high school and a college more similar, um, just in everything, like what you just said, the love and the trust in each other, but also like just the head coaches are, I mean, Coach Sweeney and Coach Todd. You know, a little bit of an age difference, but also just such amazing, great role models and men, but also just really, really good football coaches. Um, and then, you know, you put in, and then you bring in the expectations. Um, and expectations are a good thing, but um, some people see them as a bad thing where you have a lot of expectations and you get pressure, but expectations are a good thing because they push you to where people can expect you to be. And, um, you know, expectation is people were mad about Clemson this year and, you know, they're going to go win this bowl game and have a 10 win season. And if I was a Clemson fan, like you're complaining about a 10 win season, most fans would go crazy about that, you know? Um, but like, that's just kind of the expectation that it is at, at Clemson. It is at Westlake too. You know, if we're not playing a state championship game, 
you know, there's nothing really special about that year. It's just kind of a, a meh year. Um, but, you know, and that's the same for Clemson. If you're not playing in, in the playoffs or a national championship, then it's, it's not the best that they could be. So, uh, I mean, I love that. You know, it's just it's the expectations there, and I'm excited about it. Where does the athleticism come from in your family? Um, I mean, obviously both my parents, but my grandpa uh, ran track at UCLA um, from my dad's side, but my mom also ran track in high school, so um, kind of both of those. But my whole my whole family, you know, we're all athletes. My oldest brother played rugby, and my sister ran track and cross country, and then my other brother played football at Yale. So um, we all, you know, we all love sports and are always doing something. So where does your very competitive? Yeah. <laughs> Where does your positivity come from? Um, I would say my family and, you know, um, just my faith and just that knowing that there's much more to life than football and that I'm playing it for a reason. Uh, it's to go share, go share God's word to others. Um, and that's really it. And um, just being able to have the platform that I've been able to have is, you know, I mean, I just remember after the third state championship and it's like, we had Bible study on Tuesday, on the Tuesday before, and it's like, this is not going to be the biggest day of our life. Mm-hmm. There's so much more. Um, there's so much more to, to life than this. Um, it's just another high school football game. And just going to enjoy it, but it's, it's not fulfilling. And um, so, yeah. Do you know that that's exactly what Dabo told his team in the after the 16 championship in the locker room? This really? Is, this is going to be the biggest day of your life? Huh. Or Or make it not the biggest day of your life. Yeah. Something that I yeah. expect. Huh. That's pretty cool. Where do you get your confidence from? Mm. I would, I would just say my family just kind of growing up, a uh, only, or not only child, but uh youngest child with all three older siblings, uh, kind of had to just be older and, um, just like, I mean, they're all seven, eight, nine, ten years older than me, or seven, or six, seven, nine years older than me. So just kind of have, I've always just kind of been with older people my whole life and just kind of, I feel like just being able to talk to older people and people, I've, you know, two of my best friends are 23. Um, so like just my confidence and just like entering a room, it's just, I'm, I'm okay with kind of the scenario that I'm in, but um, just kind of being like when it comes to confidence in the game, it's just, I wouldn't say just like cockiness or confidence, but more just like a piece and having fun about it. Um, because when in football, I think my confidence comes from just having fun and just, you know, I've, I've, I've dreamed my whole life of playing a state championship. Why stress about it? Why have any stress or be worried about it? Just go have so much fun. And I think that's what the second half of last week was. I had come down to is just go have fun. Um, I think that's, that's just kind of where my confidence comes from. Obviously. Really answer, yeah, but. no, that's great. The the North Shore performance uh, during your junior year, you, you hurt your, I guess your AC joint. Yeah, yeah. Was that during the game? It was the first drive, yes, sir. And so I've read that you could barely throw the ball five yards. Yeah. I couldn't throw it. Uh, I couldn't throw it in practice the whole week of state that week. Yeah. And so how did you overcome that against North Shore, and then? And then in the state a week, week later. Yeah. Um, man, I would just say like, 
just grit and just um, just not quitting on my team because you know we've been through so much and just not not quitting on them. Just, I mean, I don't really know. I just kind of trusting in my team and that they would be able to to get us throughout the whole game and just trusting our coaching staff and our training staff to get my shoulder back to where it, it the best that it could be by the next Saturday in the state championship. Um, just. <laughs> Just where I wasn't going to quit <laughs> at that point. You know, I was just, I was going to finish the job. Um, I wasn't going to leave that We've come so close. I wasn't going to just leave on my team like that. So can you describe the pain? Oh, I mean, it was very painful. Her to her to move my shoulder up and across and down, uh, but end up just shotting it up at halftime with just a numbing shot. Um, just to kind of take some of the pain away and, um, and then just kind of tough it out for the rest of the game. But, how sore were you, I guess, for the weeks or months afterward? Oh, definitely very sore. <laughs> uh, you know, it definitely took a, a couple months to get back to where I, not a couple months, probably a month or two to get back to 100, 100%, because it was my throwing shoulder, and, you know, my my throwing shoulder has a lot of just built up strength throughout the years. Um, so I had, to, I had to get all of that back somehow after not doing anything for a couple of weeks and just letting it heal. So, um, you know, it definitely took a little bit. My left shoulder is, is a little bit different. You know, it's, it's not my throwing shoulder. So the rehab has been a lot quicker and not as severe, although it's a little bit worse, but, um, yeah. Same injury though. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, wow. AC joint. Was that cl- classified as a sprint? What is a tear or, uh, just a sprain. Gotcha. When you heard that Quinn yours was reclassifying and going to Ohio State, what was your reaction? Uh, I was very surprised, um, but I think he just kind of felt like that's what he needed to do at that point. Um, and yeah, not really anything else. <laughs> Is it fair so for somebody like me on the outside to say that while guys like Quinn? <clears throat> sort of represent the idea of viewing college like a business and, and, and maximizing their brand and IL potential that, that Cade Klubnick represents the sort of opposite, like personal spiritual growth as a man, being part of a culture, being more interested in the team. Is that, I mean, Coach Dodge said last week, that is what sets you apart. Is that, is that fair to make that comparison, that, that yeah. contrast? I mean, I would say that for me, like it's not about me. It's it's about the others and the other teammates and um I don't ever want the hype to be about me or you know, me alone or Kate Klubnick, but more the Wesley Chaparrales or the Clemson Tigers or the group that I'm in and just I mean, as a quarterback you're if you have a, you're nothing without a good team or a good O line or a good defense or a good receiver, so um yeah, that's kinda of my mindset on it. Most 18, 17, 18 year olds don't have to deal with the loss that you and, and the whole football program uh, dealt have had to deal with over the last year. Jackson Coker and Jake Ellinger. What, um, how hard was that to go through? And, and I'm assuming that the team sort of that that came up a lot during the season and off season and all that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was huge. Just, it brought, it brought so many people so tight together. Um, and just, and just like, just the people that knew them, um, it, it brought everybody so close together and the people that didn't know them just brought everybody else even closer. Um, and I think that's just what made our team this year is we were playing for them and, 
um, just, you know, like I said, I just, I just made everybody just realize how short life is and, um, just made everybody so tight and just the love for each other grew even more. And, um, just the tightest football team that I've ever played on, um, because of that. So I think I read that, that you have on, have had on your mirror in your room, be like Jackson. Yeah. I live like Jackson. Live like, I'm do. sorry. Live like Jackson. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you tell me about him? And I mean, obviously you, he was, you were really close with him. Yeah. Um, I mean, such an amazing person and just, just somebody who just constantly lived for others and just did not just the most self, it was just the most selfless person I've ever met. Just always wanting to give to others. Um, and just treated everybody equally. And I mean, everybody, um, whether it was the head coach at a, at a football school, um, or a custodian or a random kid that never plays. I mean, just treated everybody like it was his best friend. And like, that's just how our whole team became since then. It's just, we all knew who Jackson was and we just all wanted to live like that and didn't want to spend another day. Not like that. And that's just what made this group of guys so special. Like, this team was so good on the field. Like, it was the best team I've ever played on, but, like, it was the best team off the field, too. Just the amount of love that was for each other and the group of guys that we had that I get to be surrounded by daily was just so special. You plan to write the same thing on your mirror here at Clemson when you get here? I bet I will. I bet yeah. I will. Or get, or get a little frame or something. But, yeah. yeah. Do you know who you're rooming with? Yes, yeah, sir. I'm rooming with Adam Randall. Gotcha. Well, Kate, I think that's all I have, man. I, I really, man, I cannot thank you enough, and I'm really looking forward to watching you play here with a Tiger Pro on your helmet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, those interviews from back in December. Actually, just last night at a Daniel High School basketball game, Cade Klubnick was there, and, man, he was into it, fired up rooting on his former teammates who are seniors for Daniel. It seems like he is right at home uh, quickly after after this big move and, and right in line as, uh, as just a, a natural-born leader and somebody who's going to really be an asset for Clemson moving forward. Thank you very much to our very loyal sponsors for their support of the podcast and most of all to all of you for hitting play every week, twice this week. Everybody have a great weekend. Cheers.